Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm Tyler, the number one fan of Halloween Resurrection. What a shameful title. I mean, I'm Alex. Which one's the real Tyler? (laughs) Who do I shoot? (laughs) Uh, uh, Well, I'm Britain. Nobody Britain. This is a podcast where we're not in the same room. Uh, you're Personal. right. I don't. I I don't have your computers rigged up to gun. <laughs> Both of you look at your webcams. You'll see I've replaced them with guns. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Britain. Did you say webcam? Yes. Perfect segue. Oh, hey, into look at that. the film. This That's week. right. We're talking about another cyber criminal in no time to die. <laughs> Rami Malik, he's sticking guns in everybody's MacBooks. <laughs> well, Mr. Bond. You, you press the touch ID and it's like, identity <laughs> recognized, now die. This movie can't recognize your face because your face is being blown apart. A uh, film by Robert Rodriguez. Re- revisiting the opening of this podcast, I cannot... Uh, confirm that it is not true. I don't have much competition for number one fan of Halloween Resurrection, um, which is the movie we're talking about today. Uh, Alex, would you like to say the things about the movie that we always say? Uh, sure, I can do that. Halloween Resurrection, directed by Rick Rosenthal, who also did Halloween 2, not to be confused with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Sure. From 2002, it has a 12% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 25% audience score. And that is the lowest audience score that we've had so far, and the second lowest critic score. Interesting. Uh, Tyler's one uh, number one comp- competitor in loving this movie is probably like Harry Knowles or something. Alec, or who should go- Tyler, do you want to go first, since I know you have some enthusiasm, or should we save you for later? I, I don't know. I don't know what the best okay. approach here is because I, w- I also have no idea how, like, I don't know where to gauge where y'all are sure. at with this. Sure. Uh, so I, I feel like I should, I should wait and see how I have to see how much convincing I have to do to make you the number two and number three fans okay. of Halloween gotcha. Resurrection. Um, well then Alex, would you like to start or shall I? I can start. I'll, I'll keep it real brief. Cause mine are kind of boring. Um, I know I everyone- like their hat. I don't like their shoes. My worst thing is that it's not No Time to Die. (laughs) My best thing is that it's also not No Time to Die, because hopefully No Time to Die will be better. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Just made Um, a shrug face for (laughs) for those of you listening at home, which is everybody except the three of us. Yep. Uh, So this is obviously one of the lowest points in the Halloween franchise. And I think most most of the the fan base, at least, has that perspective and that they would uh, say that this is among the worst of of the bunch. Um, And I personally kind of feel that way. I know we'll get into it. There's a lot of so bad it's good moments in it that will will certainly break down Um, my work. My uh, oh, yeah, I'll start with my worst thing. Uh, My worst thing is just going to be the opening and how they they handle Laurie Strode. Uh, and we talked about with last week's episode about H2O, Jamie Lee Curtis, one of the reasons she came back on board, one of the sticking points was that she had to kill Michael Myers at the end of that movie. 
So it just feels like a slap in the face to not only have this super contrived way to have Michael Myers survive, uh, but also killing her off. I feel like they should have just made a hard cut and just like we're we're not dealing with with H2O anymore. We're just dealing with another story that has Michael Myers in it. It doesn't matter. And that's really what the rest of the movie does. We don't really... The fact that Laurie dies at the beginning of the movie is not like a continuing plot element that that really helps with the rest of the the story. Uh, It kind of just goes away. And Jamie Lee Curtis is good in it, um, all things considered. She's kind of faking crazy. And then at the end... uh, they give her some very stupid things to do, but I think she she handles them admirably. But it's very clear that uh, they they kind of uh, forced her hand by by having her be in the movie, and that you know she basically just took it for a paycheck, which I can't say I blame her. Uh, my best thing is going to be Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Every time he was on screen, I was like, "Why is the movie not just called Buster Rhymes Resurrection? <laughs> like, make the movie about this guy." Um, I, I think he's a ton of fun. I think he knows exactly what movie he's in versus everyone else. And he was absolutely delightful. And he does a kung fu kick on Michael Myers. And Several. it was great. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that totally. That'll dovetail right into mine. Um, my best thing is largely I'm going to say the performances with one caveat. And I'll use that to get into my worst. Um, yeah, I was going to say Buster Rhymes. He's... He's so gleeful in this, but he's also, like, really committing. And his character, and we'll talk a lot about his his character, Freddy, but, like, every one of his lines is, like, a page long. He has a lot, a lot, a lot of things to say. And that's coming from me. (laughs) But he's so verbose, but he's really into it. And, yes, he does do a lot of kung fu on Michael Myers. The, The tone is all the way away from everything, and I love it. But my favorite thing in this movie might be early on in the film, he's watching a kung fu movie and he's just talking and talking and talking to himself during the movie going, man, Rock Chun-Li is great. I love Rock Chun-Li. Look at Rock Chun-Li beating that guy up. Oh, Rock Chun-Li's so great. And then the main character knocks on his hotel door and she's like, I don't think I should be in the house. I just, I really don't think I should be in the, I don't actually want to do it in the house. And he's, he convinces her in this long monologue about why she should, do the reality show that is the setting for this whole thing. And she's like, okay, I'll go be in the house. And then she leaves. And he is like, good job, Freddie. You really convinced her. Man, Rock Chun-Li is great. I can't wait to watch more Rock Chun-Li. <laughs> well, he, like, go watch. He, he does like a monologue to himself about how great yeah, he is. Yeah. And then he at the end, he's like, oh, I was watching a movie. <laughs> it's so great. And it's like great. just throughout the movie, we, again, we'll, we'll get into it. But I also really enjoyed um, Emmy winner Luke Kirby. In this movie, um, we know him from uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where he played Lenny Bruce, and from previous Tyler recommendation, Little Woods. Uh, he's a very, very talented actor. And in this, he plays um, a alternative kid turned super pervert. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, we can break down the, the whole character thing later, but he's... <laughs> when they're When they're all doing the interview about, like, so why do you want to go to this house... And he's like, Michael Myers is the dark spirit in the woods. He's the yawning void inside all of our eyes. Like, he's so leaning into it. He has his crazy hair. It's it's pretty fun. Um, the cast member that uh, sadly did not 
enthused me was Katie Sackoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, broadly speaking, like Katie Sackoff. I really liked her on um, Battlestar Galactica. And I thought she, it was really good to see her on the second season of Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, but in this, she, and I think this is a script directing thing. She is playing it big. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big performance. Uh, there's a part where she's uh, using a bong and when she's inhaling, like her, she like, crosses her eyes, like she's in uh reefer madness or something. And there were just a lot of facial expressions she did where I was like, are you, are you in a community theater production of the odd couple? Like, what are you doing? Like, it's so big. And I, 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 I've seen her other thing. I've, I've liked her in everything I've seen except this. So like, I, I, it's not her fault, but uh, that was kind of a weakness. My, my worst thing about this movie to actually discuss something about the movie is uh, I'm going to just say that the editing overall um, it's, it's such a frenzied movie. There'll just, it's so overcut and there's so many quick cuts all over the place, even for fairly simple things. Like we're impaling someone. Well, here's 27 angles of it. And so so the conceit of the whole movie is that there are these teens who are on a reality show and they all have these like little microphones clipped over their ears so that everyone can see what they see. Um, this movie's a lot like Network in that it pre- pre- uh, pre- predicted the future. Um, it predicted Twitch, I guess. And it... We'll it, it yeah. So there's, so there's a lot of like shots of like security cam footage around the house not security cam but like reality show camera tv or or their cameras but there's not a lot of thought put into how to integrate that with the regular camera it's just sometimes we see things through those cameras and sometimes we don't and sometimes i remember there being a part where just like some of the characters are talking and there's just a flash of michael myers and then back like less than a sec like a half a second and i was like "Uh, did they just like leave the movie on shuffle and walk out of the room? Like, it's just, it's so discombobulated that I I never didn't know it was happening. And I think that's the thing that frustrated me is like, I know what's happening. Why do you need to like greatest showman this? Like, what are you, what's happening? It's so frenzied. And I just, not that I was expecting artistry, but you've, I feel like when, when you're setting up POV shots in a movie like this, you 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 would think okay how can we utilize that and they just went sometimes it'll be that way for a hallway and sometimes it'll it'll go back to the regular camera in the same hallway and then we'll do that more so i don't know not a huge deal but it definitely stuck out to me and those are mine all right tyler you you rebuttal um so i uh i watched this movie uh i i watched the first like third of this movie in the bath uh, because I was sick <laughs> and attempting to sort of just like, oh okay, because you're a... trying to create H two O what that movie should have been, which is a Correct. lot of bath kills. Oh, yes, lots of lots of water. <laughs> um, I uh, yeah, and basically was just like, I'm feeling crappy. I don't know how I'm gonna feel about this movie. You know, just go for it. Uh, and it was it was what the doctor ordered. It was I I thought this was delightful. <laughs> uh, I feel like it. It genuinely gets not the internet, but like uses early internet tech better than any movie in two thousand two has a right to. Sure. You mentioned Britain, the uh 
Twitch thing, which we'll get into. It, it invented yeah. Twitch plays. It invented Twitch plays. That's, that's <laughs> ju- I'm, or not invented, but predicted. Yeah. Fascinating to me. Um, and I, I think it does some things that are genuinely pretty good in terms of uh, slasher deconstruction. I, I feel like this uh, has more of a scream bent than like we were talking about with Halloween H2O. Halloween H2020 years later. Dear Lord. <laughs> um, we were talking about with that, it has a homage to Scream because Scream shows up in it. And I was kind of like, that's weird. I feel like it would make more sense here because it, to me, it seems like the people making the movie probably were like, oh, we can do something kind of like that with Halloween. Um, I think I, I, almost like the re- the way I can describe it uh, and probably... Uh, put down to paper why I like it and most people don't is that it's basically if uh, Michael Myers was in an early 2000s Disney movie, Disney channel movie, I should say. <laughs> uh, and that's not just because it has the guy from luck of the Irish. And I think another, he, it, what's the, is it smart home? Is that? Yeah, he was in smart that. house, smart house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is fascinating. Uh, but yeah, like I just, I like, it's mostly ironic. <laughs> it's not all ironic. I really did have a good yeah. time with this. No, no, for sure. Um, Brink with Michael Myers. <laughs> uh, my best thing is Michael Myers. Uh, I think that this movie brings him back to being exactly why I was so fascinated by him in the first few movies. Uh, he's he's grim. He's slow. He's mean. He He's crafty. He does all sorts of things to troll everybody involved. Um, he eats rats, which is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we'll get into that. I have, I had I did take notes throughout this. So as we go along, I'll, I'll knock some of those out and we'll talk more about how he appealed to me. But I just feel like this, this genuinely does feel like Michael Myers again after I would argue the last maybe probably going back to halloween four i feel like i haven't been i haven't enjoyed watching michael myers do his thing uh this much since then like he he's he's brutal he is like not scary in the sense that the movie is scary but scary in the sense that it's like ah yes the, this is someone who who is this once again unknowable enigma that is just ripping through these poor innocents uh as opposed to like not having the same screen presence which is how i felt he was for the last few movies so that overall it's him i think he did i think he is i think he did great in this i think he came across really well in this uh and i feel like they did get why he's such a fun interesting villain um and the mask is better yes the mask is way better it's it's not quite uh in the to the standard of the first one does he have the same mask of the, in halloween 2 yes but it's it's worn sure so it but, does it doesn't look the same and they've got a different stunt guy so it, it doesn't uh, fit his head the same way so it right. looks different right um uh i like the fact that this this timeline the h2o and resurrection branch of the the halloween franchise is the michael myers wins <laughs> timeline yeah. <laughs> i like that it's just like we'll talk about that i should be more upset about the fact that laurie dies at the beginning but i mean all i see is a is a big old w for my guy like 
he got he he did it. Like he he did the long con. He set up the the thing with the guy. Like the it is a silly twist that he like put another guy in the suit and that's who she ended up killing. I feel like at the end of the last movie, I was kind of wondering if that was gonna be the mm. case. Like in the movie, I thought something like that was gonna happen. And I don't even remember why. I don't remember what gave me that vibe. It just seemed like they were doing something weird. And like when he reaches out to her, I thought that was kind of odd. I know that's supposed to be like a, oh, they have a connection thing. Um, but it didn't bother me, bother me as much as I expected it to. And then, of course, he, you know, he, he gets down. He uh, it, it's it's late in the fourth. Uh, he's down by two scores. You know, like the, it seems like there's no chance coming back. And then uh, because he did the long con and gave her PTSD from killing an innocent dude, then uh, she has to come and try and rip his mask off, and he's like, nope. And he, he gets her and uh, stabs her and throws her off a roof. And, uh, you know, and, nothing and but respect. And kiss. She kisses him, and she, it's not yeah. creepy. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> nothing but hate- respect for for the, the strategy, the, uh, you know, just the dedication to doing killing. Um, my worst thing about this movie, oddly, is the score. Mm. Uh, it's definitely not up to the par of the last ones, and we never really get the Myers Michael Myers theme. May- maybe in the beginning, is there a point where they play it? I feel like I anybody do, remember? Yeah. Maybe in the hospital at some point. I, I think it's after he kills Lori, um, because he gives the knife to that that guy at the the asylum. Yes, which and I he did... starts to walk away, and I th- I think that's when they they uh play play the theme aside yeah. from the credits and i actually genuinely liked that a lot uh there's the yeah it's a guy who's walking around in a clown mask and uh apparently is, has like encyclopedic knowledge of serial killers he's talking about john wayne gacy and um, he also keeps like almost escaping and they're like how'd you get yeah. free again <laughs> yeah uh, i'm like this is the most incompetently and, run asylum yeah, yeah it's like arkham and and <laughs> yeah, exactly michael uh gives maybe it is knife. arkham we we don't we don't know we don't know. Uh, Michael gives him the knife uh, as he's walking out, and he starts reciting like his history, and and I think the guy gets like a good creepy vibe, and I think you're right. I think the music is actually that's like the only point where I notice the music being like, oh, this is good. But that was super early in the movie. Um, well, well, it's, the it's rest great of it's just we, kind of it, it's great because it pans out of the guy's room, and we see yes. Michael walking down yet another endless hallway. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What more could you want from Michael Myers? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that's that's my spiel. Uh, and we can get into things however you'd like to approach them. I'll allow it, but the watch ball yourself, is counselor. In your court. <laughs> Objection. Yeah, I um <clears throat> that that interesting uh uh something that I noticed in this movie the the guy narrates Michael Myers' history. We get Michael's backstory about four times in this movie. They repeat his thing so often because the nurses are talking about it when they're coming in. Like the newer nurse and the more venerated one are like, oh, yeah, Michael Myers is Halloween night, killed the sister, and then he came back and da 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 da. And then later, as he's walking away, the guy's reciting what happened. Later, when Katie Sackhoff and the lead, Sarah, are talking about going on the reality show, a guy just appears and he's being weird and he's like, you know, that's where it happened, right? Michael Myers, <laughs> who killed his sister when he was only six, and then da 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 da. And I want to say they say it again later, or like Probably. 
maybe when they're in the house, like, huh, wow, I can't believe I, this is where it happened. When he was six, you know, this is the room where he killed the sister. And I'm like, you guys. I totally forgot about that guy. And I, the guy who yeah. walks into the room. And I definitely expected him to be like the stereotypical pervert uh, sure. teen in a slasher yeah, movie. Yeah. No, we got two of those in this He just one. disappears. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he doesn't and, have to show up again. But I just was like, oh, they're establishing that this guy's going to be here. Nope. Correct no, me just, if he's, I'm he's, wrong. He's there again. Doesn't one of the girls have, like, a bunch of pairs of underwear just, like, hanging, like, next to her bed, like, on a desk, and the guy's just, like, grabbing them while he's Probably. doing his monologue? What is what is going on? Well, Alex, now it's time has to explain never, kinks and fetishes. Has that so, ever happened to your underwear, wreck? <laughs> Look, yeah, I, know, I know I didn't get too crazy during my college days, but come on! <laughs> Did your old apartment roommate who I've met once or twice in my life ever stand in your doorway narrating a movie plot and just slowly taking your underwear? <laughs> yeah, so uh, that then was you about... you may be entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> <laughs> Call Motlick and Associates. Hey, I, uh, now, now, Ashton Kutcher and Amanda Pete. now they're just friends, right? There's no way they could ever fall in love. But just wait. <laughs> And I bet you'll never know who shows up at the door then, huh, Alex? Dupree. Now that's no time to have a house guest. <laughs> um, so but, if, we, if we ever write a horror film together, th this is a scene in the movie, yes, right? This, this has to happen. And then later on they're like, I'm all out of underoos. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, Set up uh, and pay off, man. Thank you. But that that guy, the actor's name is Haig, I think, Robertson. And the reason I know that is because the same day that I watched this movie, I watched an episode of Lucifer and that actor was in it. Because I was like watching Lucifer and I went, Fascinating. I think I, that guy's kind of, and then I looked it up and I went, oh my God, that's the panty guy. Britain, <laughs> I, I think, I think you're haunted. I, I might be. I think that guy's going to come guy. visit you. The haunting steal of Steal your House. underwear. <laughs> <laughs> while narrating ha like i don't know the pot of ants <laughs> haunter wear um that's those are my boxers that look like the pokemon haunter <laughs> um so uh, one thing i wondered about is so the, the the setup is that these teenagers, they all win, I guess, a contest to be on this reality show, or as Buster Rhymes is calling it, Dangertainment. What? It feels like the teenagers don't want to be there, aside from, like, Katie Sackhoff is really excited because she's like, I get to be famous, and ba da ba da ba With the guy from American Pie, not the, any of the leads, the character from American Pie is like, I get to see boobs, and that's all he wants to do. Luke Which Kirby. was also probably his character from American Pie. I, I've seen like four or five of those movies, and wow. I don't remember what he did in any of them. How many are there? Weirdly, two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I, I saw two of them and made three. It was bizarre. <laughs> Somehow I have seen like all of the, the theatrical American Pie movies. I don't know how this happened, <laughs> you know, but I've watched, that is a I've fact. I've watched Luke Kirby in like... 40 movies uh i am luke kirby so i've had to watch myself in them and i just don't remember what he does and yeah but he he feels like he's so over the whole thing uh uh donna i believe the philosophy or poli sci major yes philosophy major she doesn't see everyone seems completely disinterested in being there 
except for Katie Sackhoff and I guess Rudy, who's the smart one. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy is the one who's obsessed with food and is also the smart one, which I, so I liked Rudy. But like, why, why are these teens doing this? I guess they, I thought there was supposed to be a scholarship, but then later Buster Rhymes says they're, they're going to get to split the money they get for doing the show. So that feels like new information. I didn't quite understand. Yeah, I think the the setup for Dangertainment is very poorly done because I have no idea if this is supposed to be like a legitimate program that is like a studio is, is you know, investing in, in Buster Rhymes' character to get all this set up. Because mm-hmm. it just seems like him and Tyra Banks are, are doing this basically all on their own. Right. So I, I don't know if it's supposed to be Buster Rhymes. He's kind of a huckster. He's kind of just like tricking these kids into doing this this thing that he thinks he can make a quick buck off of. A real Carl Denham. Sure, sure. Um, The movie just doesn't seem to have answers for that. And so when the kids show up and they seem disinterested, that comes off to me like, oh, they are aware that this is probably like, this isn't legit. This is probably just yeah. like a cash grab type thing that they're all there for. Sure. Um, but nobody comes out and says that. That's never a discussion that's had. Right. And then, yeah, to your point, they they mention like, oh, this will help with our scholarships or whatever. Yeah. And then, yeah, I split the money how? Yeah, but then like Buster Rhymes talks about money and it seems like that's when they went. But it well, seems like at that it, it's like they, they mentioned money earlier, but then when later they talk about money, they're like, we could get money for this. And it well, don't, just feels yeah, don't, they, don't they establish that the um, the viewers, while they're watching it, they can click on which people they want to watch? Yeah. Yeah, you can you switch well, your viewpoint. Does Buster Rhymes' character—oh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll say Freddy. That's his name. Freddy. Um, does he establish, like, oh, the more people that watch you, the more money you make? Is that something that's said? No. He he is just like if we pull this off and and do a big caper where we figure out that or we we all look like we've discovered the tragic backstory of Michael Myers and we uh, catch him on camera and escape then uh, we'll we'll all make a bunch of money because there, it'll get so many views on the internet. Oh, it's it's not like you have to buy premium access to this thing. It's like a a pay per view event or some you know advertisers uh, you or know, something. They don't even establish how they make money off of this. They leave it vague (laughs) and don't really establish, yeah, how they how they make any money, which is pretty on brand for the Internet, I would say, you know, to (laughs) have something that's just like, oh, yeah, you know, we just this is a new model of uh, business. And it's like, is this a pyramid scheme? Yes, probably. I would be completely fine if they made that the twist, that it's a scam. There's like a blonde woman going. That's kind it's of like a blonde woman looking up from her phone, going, "I just won five hundred dollars by playing Bleeblop, <laughs> and you can too together." Well, Tyler, I, I understand that that it is a scam in terms of they are faking a lot of the evidence that they find around the house. They're, they're trying right. to be like, "Oh, look at Michael Myers! Like, oh, there's this this like a torture chair or whatever. Oh, yeah. there's." All these these horrible uh, bones hidden in the wall. Oh God! But I, I'm talking more in terms about the overall aims of the production. Like, yeah. I don't know what what Freddy gets out of this. Guys, I'm starting to think Buster Rhymes didn't actually mean all that stuff about creating a community. <laughs> 
But yeah, I guess it just felt like, and, and I guess they're disaffected college students is the answer here, but it just felt like they all chose to submit for this contest, but none of them actually want to be there. <laughs> it's this bizarre, bizarre thing. And I guess there's, you know, people cover up fear with uh, a, a, a mask of um, boredom all the time. Yeah. So, and the movie maybe. really is about masks when you think about it. God, it is you know and when family. Was, that's true. But before we before we were recording, and I put on the mask of the podcaster. Yeah, yeah. You know the the pod the mask. mask de show the pod mask. <laughs> that's my podcaster. I talk about my favorite Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody stop um, me! Somebody else. By which I mean somebody else talk. I'm ruining the podcast. Smoking, anyways. Have we addressed random dude? Is wait, Luke Kirby is not in the American Pie movies, correct? No. Okay. No, that was this the, is. Um, we're talking Jimmy, about is Jimmy his name? That's a good question because I just had a note saying Jim. that there's somebody in this movie who who's his job is just to like purse his lips and like or not yeah. purse his lips. That's not the right word, but stick his lips out and like make weird faces and be a pervert. And just he, like, yeah, he. This is the guy. He has brown hair, and he is trying. He tries to get Katie Sackhoff to flash the yes. camera. That's and, who we're talking. That's American Pie. And then he gets murdered through a mirror by Michael Myers. Yeah, that Pretty is fun. Bill. <laughs> oh, Bill. That Jim old... is the guy with the curly hair and the leather Jim jacket. Jim is Luke Kirby. Yes. J- yes. Okay. Okay. Back on track. <laughs> Bill and Jim and Rudy and uh, Donna. If you didn't think these characters were uh, kind of arbitrary and could just be switched out. Well, I don't know what you're thinking. And, th- and this is a legitimate thing, and, and it kind of ties into the uh, the fact that it is all a scam, and they're setting up the Myers backstory, quote unquote. They have like, oh, he drew terrible things and was clearly in a horrible environment. Like they they plant props to make it for them to discover to make it look like Michael Myers was coming from this super horrible background. Yeah. Um, and and that tied in with just how stereotypical the teens are that worked for me in a way because it sets up how much michael myers does not care and will murder his way through anything uh and i feel like for me it was a really effective payoff to have it be like oh they're trying to psychoanalyze him and figure out you know what what where he came from uh the one guy keeps saying that he he uh his diet's unbalanced and that's why (laughs) he has mental issues rudy does uh yeah he's trying they, he's trying to fight off michael myers it's like you know what michael the, the problem is you've got too much protein in yeah. your diet <laughs> yeah uh and then he just kills them all and you know what i i respect it i'm here for it i like it yeah. i think it's a fun uh approach to it um yeah i um i do like that the two black men in this movie are not portrayed as like idiots that rudy is again the smart one who pretty quickly figures out like i don't think this is real and he's the one that like puts up a, a last stand against myers and then buster rhymes is the one that defeats him <laughs> i mean defeats him quote unquote um uh, but yeah i i guess when you think of the great movie heroes it's like aragorn atticus finch roy scheider and jaws buster rhymes and halloween resurrection uh <laughs> and it should be noted that Buster Rhymes has, I think, the first acting credit in the in the he opening. Does. 
yeah. they they don't it's not like a oh yeah we cast somebody who's not you know really much of an actor they're really more yeah. musician and we we did a thing to try to appeal to the audience they're like no buster rhymes is a serious actor <laughs> and we will fight you <laughs> buster <laughs> rhymes in <laughs> yeah like <laughs> I think yeah, my I, my favorite man. moment of the entire film is actually after most of the characters have been killed off. We have the wonderful moment where Buster Rhymes uh, confronts Michael Myers while he himself is wearing the Michael Myers outfit, which we'll uh, I'll put a pin in that. We'll certainly get back to that. But Sarah's basically been chased around the house. She's having to crawl out on, on the the um the roof of the house and and she comes back inside and she runs in and Buster Rhymes just kind of grabs her out of nowhere and he's like people are dead <laughs> and I just <laughs> I lost it <laughs> I was like I, oh uh, thank you for noticing yeah <laughs> yeah I liked um that the, the, so so this movie the, obviously there's the stereotype that all everyone in a horror movie is stupid all the time and that's just not true you know if if you were in that situation you probably wouldn't be making lucid decisions that, anyway but this movie characters are re- do really stupid things yeah um among them the cameraman who's setting stuff up michael myers shows up and he he makes a tripod spear mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. he's slowly pursuing the guys the guys backing away guy doesn't say a word guy doesn't scream guy doesn't yell for help guy just huh what are you gonna do with that thing and then michael stabs him in the neck now the whole time this is happening tyra banks is not looking at the computer she's like a magician note how my eyes never move to the computer she is very intently making coffee and dancing like she pours coffee and she's like staring at the coffee as it pours and i was like no wonder she was my first crush (laughs) As a young boy in the uh, late nineties, wait, but, Britain, are you are you telling me you don't you don't make coffee that way? Take takes me like twenty minutes. I'm, I'm just staring at it. Mine takes longer because I have a broken coffee machine. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'm dancing. <laughs> but yeah, she she's so into it, and then by the time she finally breaks her focus, maybe she's just being very zen. You know, there's this great line, and I think it's the host, the Bong Joon Ho movie at the end where they're eating dinner and the. Son says, no, let's just do, don't have to have it on the TV. Let's just do one thing. And this is a very sweet moment. Maybe that's what she was thinking. She was like, no, I, I am the uncarved block of Taoism, Tyra Banks. And I. <laughs> and I'm focused on this task. And then when she turns back, she's like, the camera's in the weird place. Why are you doing that? No, the best oh, part great. is the the end of that scene is her going, man, you found a really good camera angle. <laughs> Sold. The, the oh, other man. the other element of that scene that I really enjoyed is that Michael stabs. I think his name's Charlie, who has some good banter about how uh, he like went to film school at Long State, which is the same place Spielberg went to, because uh, Tyra Banks right. is making fun of him for uh, taking too long to figure out the camera position. Um, but then. Michael Myers kills him and Michael like drags him the entire way and is holding him very clearly in camera. And I feel like Michael's just sitting there like, notice me, Tyra. (laughs) I have no words. See my actions. That's, that's why he ended up killing her. He found out that she didn't see it. She, yeah, she never, she didn't appreciate his, his body art. Otherwise he, he would have let her live. It was a real, uh, 
uh, uh, Cyrano de Bergerac thing. Um, yeah, I found that funny. Now let let's talk about. Actually, no, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm being annoying. Somebody else prompt. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk about something. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other thing. Not the other thing. One of the one of the other early things in this movie is uh, Rudy identifying that there is fennel that is fresh in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, which I guess uh, maybe the uh, the intention there was that's like Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks have been making some food there or something that like they updated or the... they've just been filling up the house with props Sh- sure maybe they mm-hmm. they had some... but i really like the idea that michael myers he's 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 down there he's making some uh some classy rat dishes uh <laughs> when he he's got he's got fiddle he's got today on my cooking show <laughs> going to murder three people to teach you how to make <laughs> a nice flan <laughs> It's uh, under there is uh, Paul Hollywood with a really mean little rat in his hair telling him what to do. <laughs> I wish I'd watch that. Um, I'm looking at my notes. Uh, I want to talk a bit about Luck of the Irish guy, who I will not yeah. look up the name of. He is the kid from Luck of the Irish, and that'll work. Um, and he goes by Deckard. He goes by Deckard, uh, which is a great, like, I talked about, again, in the last episode, Scream, uh, or the last movie references Scream, and that's sort of like a, eh, you know, that's that's holding yourself in high esteem. Halloween Resurrection, uh, I am assuming this is a reference to Blade Runner. Now that's like, We've 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 orbited like we're now we're in we're in a good spot because we're just like, yes, we are putting ourselves up to Blade Runner. And you know what? Shoot your shot. That's right. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because I feel like it would it would have been really easy for that for that to be like, oh, who's uh, Skywalker or something like it would have been really easy to do a Star Wars reference or a Star Trek reference and, and leave it at that. But like it's specifically Blade Runner. And that's like what this kid is. I assume that's where that's coming from. I could maybe yeah, they yeah. just. I, I don't. I haven't heard Deckard many other places. Um, Look, if you weren't rolling your eyes at that, you had to be rolling your eyes at him and his buddy dressed up as John Travolta and Sam Jackson from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and it was one or the other. <laughs> there's a lot of ADR in this movie. Sometimes yes. in the shot where the mouth does not match the word, but um, the you there's an ADR line. Do you think anyone will know her from Pulp Fiction? Like. <laughs> That'll be for all the people in the audience who aren't true cinephiles, like there's me, Rick a, Rosenthal. There's at one point, I, I I don't remember who even says this, but th- th- this builds into what I wanted to talk about, which is that there's an entire B-plot where uh, this guy is watching the episode at a party because he told Sarah, Sarah. That, she, that he was going to watch her show. Uh, and so he's watching it, and people just start slowly filter again like what are you doing in here and then they're like oh this is kind of neat i love i love that i think that is a, yeah. an amazing like, there's more like every time they cut back there's more people <laughs> i think it's very good um and at one point somebody in that crowd says something like i could be a camera when i think they're doing some of the weird like perverted 
stuff in the house. Oh, right, uh, right, right. But he says that, and it's very clearly ADR, and it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it, like, it, like over, overtakes the entire scene, for like, the audio of the scene for a second. It's very good. <laughs> I could be a camera. Oh, I think that's the name of Paul Thomas Anderson's memoir. <laughs> <laughs> um, the continuity in... in particularly that section is just it was driving me crazy because in per- in particular i think it's around the time that like some of the, the first characters start getting killed and, and like the the people watching it at that party are like reacting to it um there's a guy there who's who's like clear i think he might be standing behind look at the irish and he's mm-hmm. going and he's like freaking out and then like the next scene he's walking in like whoa what are you guys doing in here i'm just like come on <laughs> <He's>, look <laughs> Look, he's had a lot to drink. He's very confused. <laughs> he got lost. Uh, he walked out for a bit. He he did. He he smoked something with Katie Sackhoff and then wandered back <laughs> Coconut in. Coconut bonked him on the head. <laughs> um, well, and this sets up, and I, I actually didn't hate this, where Deckard, Deckard is, or Luck of the Deckard is uh, messaging. Luck of the Blade Runner? Deckard <laughs> Irish. Deckard Irish. Deckard Irish is messaging Sarah, and Sarah is carrying around what looks like a really chunky Game Boy, but mm-hmm. is actually an early like iPhone. Because it's like, um, they call them cell phones back in the day, Britain. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but but the this this uh, this this device, smartphone, and Deckard's like he's in the hallway. He's coming towards mm-hmm. you. Now's your time to run. And I was like, I honestly don't hate that as a setup that like he no, can it, see he sees where Michael is. Yeah, I liked is, it. This is where Twitch plays comes in because it, the yeah. crowd is literally sitting there screaming at the screen like, hey, do this. Yeah, yeah, do yeah. Do this. And then he's he is following there. Like he's like, oh, yeah, yeah that's a good. Idea. OK, he's, he's there. Yep. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. My, my, the one I thought was funny is I think there's some point. Where they think they're okay, and he messages uh, Sarah, and he's like, he's in the house. And mm-hmm. she goes, where? And he says, don't know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> shrug emoticon. Yeah, I feel like some of, some of his replies, like some of them are, are framed in a way where it's like it's very direct. It's like he's coming up the stairs. But some yeah. of them are like very open-ended of like, no, tell her what is going on. <laughs> Look, it, we're texting on 2002 phones. Yeah. There's only so much, you know, you, it's the thing where you have to like, you press, you know, the, the nine button four times and then you can, <laughs> and that's how you get Z or whatever. Like it, it, you know, it takes a little bit yeah, of effort. That's true. You know what would have been great? Oh, if, God, that brought me back. If, if the guy in the continuity error, if they created a plot point where he is like, he's he's just having all the drinks and he just like stumbles in and pours beer all over the keyboard and it's like, oh he's no, having... we can't send any more messages. Oh no. <laughs> I say that, but I think he's emailing her at that point too. Oh yeah. Which is fun that they don't, it, it almost helps it age better that they're saying email and not text because yeah, texting sure. would be very like, we have to send a text to do this. Like email is like, okay, the, you know, the, we're so far removed from that era that it, it makes, it feels more realistic. I feel like there was a lot of setup for the, the, you know, Deckard being there and watching her, her you know, watching the event. Um, like the whole thing where it's like, 
oh, I, I helped her with her, her homework or whatever, but I'm younger than her, but now we're we're kind of internet dating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and his friend's making fun of him. I'm like, this is a lot of time spent on this subplot. And, and the best part is, like, it, you get to the end of the movie and, and, and Sarah and Freddie make it out. And Sarah gets the message of, you're alive! And she she's just looking around, like... <laughs> quit looking at me (laughs) but i i I, that that does seem like a thing where it's like and maybe maybe i don't actually want this scene because maybe it would be terrible but that almost feels like a thing where like deckard would actually travel to where she is and like he would be there at the end and they would meet each other in person yeah i think that's the idea behind them having him be like you're alive because he says you're alive and she's like what and then he's like i see you on the news i feel like it would it would be weird if they actually met because uh, he is like a young high schooler and she's. Yeah, but it's Halloween resurrection. Nothing would shock me. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like it. That it's However, just like this random something internet... did shock Michael Myers. This, yeah, this random That's internet true. relationship did somehow uh, lead to Michael Myers being taken down temporarily. <laughs> um, this is pretty fun. I did I, like it would have been funny. if He's like, you're alive. And she started like, huh? I am. <laughs> I guess yeah. part part of the problem is like I don't actually know what the relationship is. Like I don't sure. actually know if she likes him or if it's just like he Man, helps me with homework me sometimes. It. Like and, and the fact that like by the time Mars they and Venus. <laughs> but the time they get to messaging each other, it's not like they have time to be like, "Oh, I care about you." I, you know, blah 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 sure, or, sure, or sure. like any sort of small talk to establish a relationship. Right. I don't know. <laughs> She's not like by the way, ASL <laughs> thirty-four. <laughs> m- m- uh, Muscle Grove. My name is Deckard Irish, and I'm thirty-four. <laughs> and I have ripped abs. This is completely unrelated. I want to talk about one particular line. There are a few great lines between Luke Kirby and uh, girl who knows things. Um, yes, Donna. Yeah. The, and one in particular is she tells him uh, screwing a music major would be tantamount to lesbianism. That's And yeah. he says, I would be into that. That's that's poetry. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's art. Real, no. <laughs> As I listened to that, I was like, man, that is not cool, but that is, that is, there is something lovely about that. <laughs> that is something else. And there's a few, there's a few lines. Yeah. Uh, between them, like everything they say, at one point she calls him a Lothario and he's like, uh, okay. Tyler, and, and Tyler, she's so against him and then just is all into him. Yeah. If you don't make the description for this episode, it's poetry, um, <laughs> I'm gonna be real mad. <laughs> I might, I might. Uh, there, there's also a point where they go to kiss, and they're standing over a trap door, and the Kirby's like, "Hold that thought," and she's like, "Okay," and then he goes and finds this giant key. They may have set yeah. it up earlier. I don't, I don't remember if they remember showed that at some point. I was not looking for it, I guess. But he goes and finds this giant key, and he's like, "I unlocked it," and she's like, "What? Why did?" <laughs> like she goes along with it, but. It was just it's funny. Just a, he, wait, why did you stop? What? Yeah, he he's the one that's been like actively pursuing her, 
And she's like, yeah, let's make out. And he was like, wait, 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 wait. First. Wait. A, an adventure. Big key. Hang they on. All... Si- side quest. Si- wait. Side quest popped. Side quest popped. Hang on. It's right they over here. They also keep Knocked finding, out. like, multiple characters keep saying, oh, there are no cameras in here. While they're wearing the <laughs> headset and they have the, their, you know, their microphone on. They address it, though. And both there, they have the scene where they start making out, and then they pull. She's like, "Oh, there's no cameras," and she takes both her camera and his camera off. And then later, uh, Katie Sackoff and uh, uh, Rudy are sitting there smoking, and uh, they say something about like, "Oh, I don't, you know, it's a good thing there's no cameras." And then she's like, "We're both wearing cameras," and then they both crack up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess I for the first example I I, I was a little bit confused by that because I'm like, did you actually turn the equipment off? Because like, yeah. if you set the headphones down, or, or if you set the camera down, it it can still kind of see you. Like that's not necessarily you didn't yeah. stop it. Give the audience a little something, you know. <laughs> give give uh, luck of the Deckard a little something <laughs> as as they do during the Donna and uh, Jim sex scene or almost sex scene. Um, that's what we we're talking about, I think. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I did Math think the better. deaths were actually uh, fairly amusing this yeah. time. Yeah, we should talk about Michael's murder pranks. We should bring it back. <laughs> he, he does a good job because we get we get kicked off strong in the early in the movie because he uh, decapitates a guy at the um, asylum and then yeah. he puts his head in the washing machine. <laughs> And he starts the washing machine. <laughs> yeah. He, he's like, all right, well, somebody's going to find this. It's going to be pretty funny. Looking <laughs> forward to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think he, he has a lot of good ones. Uh, he stabs Donna through a gate that's all twisted and broken. That one does genuinely bother me in terms of like, oh, that's like, I'm kind of horrified and freaked out by that. Yeah. Like as an effective horror movie moment versus just oh he he just decapitated Katie Sackoff. That's hilarious. Yeah. In one swipe. In one he's swipe. got a butcher knife and he just whoosh, pretty good. <laughs> Knock Still your sack off. Tyler, that was a really good sound effect. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll save it. I'll sell it out on the internet. If anybody wants a a knife swishing sound, got your back. Um. And, like, Rudy, he, what, just, like, lifts him up and then sticks him on something? No, he, so Rudy grabs two knives. Oh, right. Uh, and and is trying to fight him and almost gets, like, far enough to the door and then realizes the door is locked. And then Michael stabs him, lifts him up, and then stabs him with another knife so that there's three knives. It's, it's like yeah. an upgrade from the first Halloween where he stabs one person, or stabs a person through a wall with one knife he does three you know yeah and then jim he just like well tyler i I think you'd like to explain it (laughs) yeah it's it's the it's the mountain and the viper it's the uh but not not as not as gruesome sure but he does he crushes his head and yeah yeah they only they only had enough money for two prop heads they couldn't afford a third one (laughs) they just squeeze it and some blood runs out and boop done It works. There's a good. There's a good crack no, there, yeah, yeah. Uh, to signify the death. <laughs> um, I like 
another thing I enjoyed about this is that he he hides the bodies uh, in such a way that we revisit all of them. There's there's no there's no oh, yeah. unaccounted for murders here. Uh, it's true because the camera guy that he murders very pretty early on in the film shows up in the attic, like almost at the end when Sarah's running around trying to figure out how to escape. She stumbles upon him and she's like, Oh my gosh. And it's like, Hey, we, we found him. Uh, and then another thing that I actually really appreciated. So actually I gotta, I gotta start back at one point first. Um, there's a point in this movie where, uh, and Alex, I think you alluded to wanting to address this. So let's, let's dive into it. Uh, Michael Myers is in the house and Buster Rhymes goes and puts on a Michael Myers suit, comes into the house, and Michael Myers starts following him, uh, and and continues to track him along. And a scene that I was like, oh, this is this is pretty effective. Like the fact that we know who each one is, and like I felt like it was, it was a good tense scene. And then he turns around, and he assumes it's the camera guy. He's like, well, what are you like? I am already Michael Myers. We can't have two. It's going to ruin everything. You need to go and leave. Go go, go back to the garage. Get out of here. They can't know that you're here. <laughs> Michael Myers is just like, okay. I can <laughs> well, get behind you're that. Director. If, if you insist, I'll go find Tyra Banks. Uh, said the door was <laughs> and, unlocked. It's unlocked. And he specifically is like, go back to the garage. And we don't know what happens there. The next time we see him is when Donna gets murdered. And in the basement, in the weird, creepy pit where he's he's cooking up some tasty rat flesh. Uh, we later follow Sarah as she goes down into the tunnels, goes through the tunnels and goes up into another trap door that comes out in the garage where she finds Tyra Banks dead. And so it's like, OK, he went to the garage and he went down through the trap door and went into the basement. I like that. That's like actual like. It makes sense to my brain what his, what his actions were. And again, talking about the last movie, having a Michael Myers who just kind of disappeared and teleported and did whatever he wanted yeah. immediately whenever the plot demanded it. Like the fact that you can track, okay, this is how Michael Myers got back into the house. This is how, like, this is why he disappeared at that point and came back later. Like that, that actually, the, the geography of that makes sense to me. And I appreciated that they thought they put at least a little bit of thought into that. No, for sure. I did think there were a lot of kind of long, longer moments where the house just doesn't seem big enough, aside from the the tunnels down below, to justify characters being gone for so long. Like, Buster Rhymes is gone for, like, after that, that scene, like, he disappears for a while. And, like, towards the end when, uh... Deckard is messaging Sarah and is like, oh, he, he's away. Go now. And I'm like, where? But where is he? Where is Michael Myers? This is like, I don't know. It it doesn't seem with his prey. You know? it, I, I mean, maybe, maybe. But it doesn't seem like. For me, like the Halloween five version of the Myers house felt like much bigger. It felt like there was a lot more to it. There were a lot more places to run around and hide. And maybe that's just more from uh, from my memory. Uh, than than it is I, the actual film. I think but, you're right. I would also say the Halloween Five Michael Myers house does not really match up with what we see of it in the first movie. I oh, don't not that, at all. I don't know that this one really tracks either, but it feels a lot more like oh, this is a normal suburban house 
Yeah. Like that. It makes more sense to my brain that this with is the tunnels underneath. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's been working a long time. Yeah. Carving it them does out. answer like where he's been between Halloween two yeah. and H2O. He slept under under there for how many years? Uh-huh. I've never dug under my house. There could be tunnels under there. I don't know. Yeah. You could have a Michael Myers living under your house. Sure. Oh, man. Ruined with Michael Myers. Jesus. <laughs> the jerk steals all my just, underwear. Just a whole nest of them down there. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a couple of questions about the opening. Um, and I, I think this goes back to just they should have just not done anything with Lori. They should have just made kind of a a hard cut to to this this new story. Um, sure. Because, you know, we set up in H2O the 17 year rule where like that his his first sister that he killed was 17 years old when she was murdered by him. Uh, Lori was 17 when he first tried to go after her. And then. um Josh Hartnett's character in H2O was 17, and that's why he's returned. Why is Michael still doing things a year on well, from that, if if the, if we're going by that rule as it was set up? We don't actually ever get a confirmation that that's, like, what's happening. Like we, the only times that he killed. The movie alludes to it, and that's Jamie Lee Curtis's assumption as to why her son is in danger. He could have just been backpacking through Europe. He could have just, yeah. you know, taken some time away. Look, he was finding gotta, himself, all right? <laughs> yeah, I've got to I've got to come up with some new ways to murder. I'm getting stale. It's not, you know, the same like it, the, just the joy's not there. Yeah. I've got to I've got to rethink this. There there's a a straight to DVD series called Halloween European Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Hall- Halloween Pilgrimage. Yeah, I'd say it's like the seventh best Halloween movie. It's pretty good. I gotta, I gotta go stab, pray, love my way through Europe. That's mm-hmm. the only way I can, I can really. Michael Myers is walking around, uh, like a, a bazaar somewhere with like a big bag and a floppy hat, and just like selecting giant fruits that he's gonna cook later. And then Javier Bardem walks up and he's like, "You're incredible. Look at you." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "I'm so free." Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Going along with all of that, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is Josh Hartnett's character dead? Does Michael Myers even care about him at this point? No, because these are the people in the house of their family. We're going by <laughs> Halloween six. No, rules. see, I, I don't, I don't think it's that they're family. I think he's an old man who's mad about these teens on his lawn. Sure, I think that. I don't know. I, I think the Michael Myers house is a lot like Olive Garden. You know, when you're there, your family. Sure. I understand why Josh Hartnett is not in the movie. Obviously, he got a career between H2O and, and this. So he was, you know, obviously he was kind of above this this sort of material. But we set up that, you know, Lori has the picture of him in her cell. And I, I don't know, it just seemed really weird that, like, nothing is said about him as a character. You know... If you're going to make a sequel to to H2O, make a sequel to H2O. Don't just slam it in the first five minutes and then move on. I don't know. I honestly didn't think about it. I thought about it because Tyler's made me hyper-focus on yeah. the continuity of Halloween. Good. I had to. That's the goal here. But also, <laughs> the, the continuity is fluid. It's always changing. 
Okay, we're going by X-Men rules. Got it. <laughs> yeah, Halloween as a franchise, it, it really uh, it really runs on hypertime. Yeah. Uh, Mon- the DC Comics concept, it's it's just, you know, it, it contraction expands as needed. Much like the uh, previous film's namesake, this, the continuity is a lot like water. It takes the shape yeah. of whatever container it's in. And so the continuity in... Uh, Halloween H2O was was shaped like this sort of family PTSD trauma. And in this, it's shaped like real-world rules. You know, it's it's amorphous in that way. That was like a perfect uh, DVD box set (laughs) comment. (laughs) It's like, we are interviewing the director of this movie, and we need them to say something that will look good when we put it in the... In the, pre- in the previews or the trailers for yeah, yeah. The, the release. Thank you. So, I'm available. So, sort of a, what do you call it? What's the the programs that play in front of movies that it, like Movie Insider or... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Newbie uh, and stuff like that. Newbie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like a Newbie <laughs> interview. Yeah. So if you guys need me for that or Tyler for his scary knife sounds. Yes. Get at us. We can both. We can we'll package yeah. deal, you know? For sure. And I'm there too. Yeah. And Package Alex deal. <laughs> Package deal. <laughs> and I'm Alex. <laughs> I know where all the stuff goes. That's true. I do. I've got a um, t-shirt that says it and everything. <laughs> I want to I wanna address some of uh, Buster Rhymes' classic lines towards the end please, of the film. Please movie. do. End of the film. <laughs> please do. <laughs> the foovie. Uh, one um he does say uh so you want to be on dangertainment before he kicks him with the roundhouse kick (laughs) (laughs) it's it's cinema um (laughs) the he does first of all when they're confronting michael myers in the garage uh sarah does attempt to attack him with a chainsaw and confirms that his yes. his skin is chainsaw resistant um mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. a little bit of there's a little bit of give there but not much yeah she 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 gives it a good try and no no such luck yeah and he uh, says you can't hurt me i'm indestructible like in jessica jones ah there you go yeah i was thinking luke cage but i don't know if that's what yeah. you're talking about yeah is that his line? Well, there we go. All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We're on the same wavelength. <laughs> My, um, yeah. Buster Rhymes then says, trick or treat, mother effer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And when when he's, I forget, there's a couple of like, this should be the line that is his final line, but then he tops it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That is Buster Rhymes' final like trumpet line. Because uh, he... He says that, I think, when he, like, electrocutes him or something. And as they're leaving, he says, Hey, Mikey, happy effing Halloween. Uh, which is also amazing. And then later he says that uh, Michael Myers is a killy shark, killer shark in baggy overalls. And at that point, I did write in my notes, Oh, my God, I love this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he has a good a good description to the... Um, the news people at the end where he's like, he's putting some respect to Michael Myers name. He's like, man, yeah, this guy's tough. No, that was, that was very much Anthony Mackie's speech at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. (laughs) 
It's like, excuse me? You think you understand? No. All of you. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, I would like to revisit some of uh, Buster Rhymes' past film credits. Okay. He appeared in Finding Forrester as Terrell or Terrell. He appeared uh, on the Steve Harvey show as Zach. Okay. And he appeared in the Rugrats movie as Reptar Wagon voice. Oh. Now we're talking. Yeah. So I really that hope. Makes that makes sense to me. That they're like, hang on to your diapies, babies. Y'all want to be on Dangertainment? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, I don't think we're supposed to, we're supposed to be doing this. Chucky didn't sound like that. Man, I used to do a really good Chucky impression. I cannot anymore. It wasn't too far off. Oh, no, don't, don't, Alex. I'll never grow. <laughs> it was fine. Anyways, uh, do we have anything else to the, say about the Halloween, thing... the one that got away? <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing I want to say is that uh, the horribly burned Michael Myers mask uh, slash face is terrifying. And yeah. I think this movie deserved a sequel. <laughs> So I want to see more. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i guess we didn't really talk about that that final scene so yeah uh michael after seemingly dying because of course that's that's how these movies roll uh gets wheeled into uh, uh a lab where they're gonna i guess uh dissect him do an autopsy yeah. uh that's a morgue right <laughs> yes uh yes i uh, have a lab in a morgue i'll allow it and for some reason, the guy who wheels him in is, like, laughing the whole time, and he's like, this is crack. It's Michael Myers. This is, whoa! <laughs> and the lady's just like, it's, I'm gonna die in the next scene, aren't I? <laughs> it's Morgue Fred. Whoa! It's Michael Myers! <laughs> today's, uh, today's body unboxing. <laughs> First time revealing Michael Myers' face. Reaction! Morgue vlogs, like and subscribe. <laughs> but the, the the lady unzips the body bag, and Michael Myers like his his eyes open, and that's mm -hmm. how the movie ends. Because yeah, it's like it's shrieking, a, and, it's a lame yeah. early two thousands horror movie. Well, I I to me, I was like, yes, thank you, because <laughs> I figured I was afraid that the movie was gonna have them be the ones to kill Michael Myers. Mm. It's like that doesn't really. That wouldn't really track. Like, it, you know, if Loomis and Laurie combined yeah. can't kill him, you can't you can't give the kill to these two random people right. who just like stumbled upon his uh, abode. Um, it's just you know, it's not it's not the same. Like, yeah, the, that would not be a impactful thing if it was like, yep, he's dead. So I appreciate I, I... that they confirm that it's like, nah. He's bad. That's that fine. I would enjoy going to the Michael Myers like fandom dot wiki uh, page and it says status dead killed by Buster Rhymes <laughs> and Sarah <laughs> was also there. Yes, Sarah, the most electric protagonist this movie's. Mm -hmm. I, I feel bad. The actress's name is Bianca Kajlich. Um, I, I feel yeah, bad. I do not blame her at all. Like, this seems like a, a thankless role and she gets nothing to do. Yeah, I think I think every time they gave her a script, she opened it up and just straw fell out. And she was like, I don't. <laughs> these are my lines. Like the, the 
the best moment she has is when she's doing her interview for Dangertainment and why she's interested in this. And like the, the light behind her breaks or something and yeah, she screams yeah. and that causes glass across the room to break. <laughs> and it's like, oh, she's got she's got like a scream queen voice. That'll work. Ah, it's Banshee. Which I don't think ever <laughs> comes into play effectively. No. Like, that should uh, be a, a goofy setup but also, and payoff, right? it is the reason why Buster Rhymes is like, yes, I need her. All right. Uh, he, he has a very good expression afterwards. Guys, the MCU's doing X, X people, and we we don't know. We don't know who the casting is. Can I submit Buster Rhymes for Professor X? Yes, you can, actually. <laughs> uh, and I would I'm, like to I'm submit gonna... that to Kevin Feige. Yeah. As well. Uh, I'm going to go. I know you're uh, listening, Kev. Get I'm on I'm going to go one step beyond. I, I Buster Rhymes for every role. I want him to play them all. <laughs> I I just I just think that would be. <laughs> they go into the X-Mansion and I don't know. Whoever's in the movie goes in and there's Buster Rhymes. Welcome. <laughs> I was just watching <laughs> Rock Chun Lee. <laughs> That's the end of the movie is him getting up out of the chair to do a kung fu kick on Magneto. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Oh my god. We're really in dangertainment now. The danger freedom room. Mother effer. Yeah. (laughs) Good stuff. (laughs) Tyler, what are you rating Halloween Resurrection? Or do you want to go last? Alex, can I ask? What did you give Alien 3? What did I give Alien 3? Yes. Please tell me you're not giving it a B. Is that what you gave Alien 3? That's what I gave Alien 3. <laughs> I was thinking you gave it a B minus. I'm going to give it a B minus. Oh my god. <laughs> um... I was a fan. <laughs> what are you doing, Alex? I think I might give it an F. Sure. Not even F plus? I don't do F pluses, but maybe You've for this F one pluses. I'll make an exception. You've done at least one. Have I? What was I it for? So. I don't remember. Now I got a quick. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure we brought you down to our level at least once. Yeah, our level of happiness and enjoying things. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, what the heck? I'll give it an F plus. Yay! And that's the thing is, like, I enjoyed this too much Yeah. for me to say. It's really that I, like, if I give it a C or a D, then that's, like, those are boring grades. (laughs) Those are are grades I save for things that are, like, these are, you know, like, I have many, like, technical uh, faults that that come to me when I watch this movie, where this is, like, yeah. No, I can't. It, it's it's better than F plus. My this is my B my B minus for this is an honorary better than F plus. <laughs> um, I am also gonna go F plus because I think it kind of fits how I felt about the movie, and I also really like the idea of what were the group's ratings for Halloween Resurrection? F plus, F plus, B minus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty good. <laughs> I just think that uh, that little tr- trio is very good. I I believe that does make it my third favorite halloween movie yes which is also the goal (laughs) (laughs) sort of curse of michael myers or not curse of michael Myers, halloween five notwithstanding uh yeah which i did give an f plus but 
Yeah, so, so far, Tyler, we, we've got a pattern of, like, every two or three movies, there's a real winner for you. I'm, I am cautiously optimistic about Halloween 2, of all things. I'm very curious how that one's going to land for me, uh, just because of, like, Halloween 2. The Rob Zombie uh, Rob one? Rob Zombie, yes. Ah, okay, gotcha. Um, because I have no idea where it's going to go with that, and I'm finding I'm most interested in where they take it from the initial premise. Like, the fact that that's we're going to get a new reboot at this point I, i'm yeah. very curious i know that like the first one is is it mostly prequel and then retread it's half prequel half retread yeah so i'm so two is completely like that's a blank slate to me i have no idea where they're gonna go with that and right. i am curious yeah that's where like michael myers goes beyond the wall and you're like i don't yeah. think they were gonna go beyond the wall and then john snow kills him <laughs> john snow works into michael myers <laughs> I was gonna say he gets mauled by a by a zombie polar bear. Yes. God, don't tell me things I can't have. <laughs> uh, um, but things I do have is a recommendation. Um, I so I did watch over the last few weeks. I did watch two John Huston Humphrey Bogart movies. I watched The Maltese Falcon and Key Largo. Ah. Uh, Maltese Falcon. <laughs> please please tell me it was a sandwich. You had those, and in the middle, Halloween <laughs> Resurrection. No, uh, maybe I should have done it that way. I would, you know, I liked Key Largo more between the two of them. It's framed nicely, and I like Bogart more in it. Uh, Edward G. Robinson, I like him, but you, you, neither one really like lit me on fire. Um, but I, it was, it was cool to go back and see some old stuff. But what I will recommend, I've just been a real uh, TV hound lately. And so I did, it usually takes me a long time to finish anything, um, including a sentence, but I am going to recommend the HBO Max series Hacks. Uh, this is a show, I've, I watched it in six days, there you go. which is really short I for me. I watched it in six days. Six days. I watched it in six days. And it, I could have done it in fewer probably. So this is a show about um, a... Elder woman stand-up comic played by Jean Smart, uh, who her career's start. She's starting to waver a little bit in her career, and her agent also has a client who is a Gen Z comedy writer, played by newcomer Hannah Einbinder, and he's like, "Hey, you go work for Deborah. Go write jokes for her." And so it's about the the mentor mentee relationship between these two women. Um, obviously, it's fractious, and. Uh, it is a show that it won Gene Smart won for comedy actress at the Emmys, but the show also won for writing and directing. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Let me try out the show. And it's something that I really liked it as I watched it. But since I finished it, I just keep like thinking back on it and going, Oh wow, that was really, impressive. Oh wow. That part was really neat. It's a very, very smart show. And it's very good at, it does the thing that Glow did really well, which is present these characters that are fully human. And there are so many moments where each one checks the other one in the way you're like, yes, absolutely, Ava, what are you doing? Gene Smart totally got you. But then it flips as well. And it's very smart about balancing these characters. It has the right amount of distance from them to, to go. We as the show, we're not endorsing this behavior or condemning it. We're presenting it. And also when to close in and say, no, we, we do care about these people and we're, we are taking you on a journey with them. Um, both performances are really stupendous. Like it's, it's really kind of a neat meta thing to have Jean Smart, who is this storied actress who's been working for a long time and is always wonderful. 
to team her up with a young comic who has not acted before, to my knowledge. And to see them both be so good with the with comedy, with drama, with just little facial expressions, with big punchlines. Like, they are both just nailing it in every episode. Um, and there's also a really wonderful performance from an actor I'd never heard of called uh, Carl Clemens Hopkins, who is such a wonderful foil to both women. He's a really great discovery. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I really, really dug every episode. It does get pretty dark at points. But it just managed to show the not only the balance between these personalities, but between these generations where you have a Gen Z writer and I guess a boomer would be Gene Smart's character and how both generations are like they don't I mean, they they, they comment on stuff, but they don't straight up have a, you know an argument about the economy. Mm-hmm. Um, but where you see just culturally how a woman raised in one cultural climate would be right and wrong compared to a woman raised in the current cult- cultural climate. And like, there's an episode that tackles sexual harassment in a way that is so like, I did not realize how many things it was doing until days later until I thought back on it and how many ways these women were having to understand, okay, there's a reason that you responded to it that way in your time. And why I'd respond to it now. And maybe I need to adjust my perception. It's really smart. Like the show is so, fair <laughs> while while just executing a lot of really good comedy um it was filmed during covid i couldn't tell um and just from a structural standpoint the writing is so efficient the development is so quick it was something that i looked back and i went oh my god they covered that much material in approximately five hours like it's 10 episodes each one is give or take 30 minutes i really don't know if it will if it'll hit everyone's sweet spot um but I think it'll probably have a wider appeal than Pen15, which I recommended a while ago and still love. But yeah, I, I have really come to be impressed by it. I think it's a really, really neat show. I believe it's getting a second season, but now you can watch the first 10 episodes um, on HBO Max. I really, really like it, and it's called Hacks. Gene Smart's been getting a, a lot of great work with uh, HBO yeah, over the really. last couple of years. That's true, yeah. Watchmen, and I, she's supposed to be great in Mare of Easttown. Yeah. Yeah, she is really dynamite in, in this one. Uh, anybody else got something cool to uh, signal boost? Um, I've got I've got one thing that I've, I've watched before, I haven't actually recommended, but we have discussed, and then I've got another thing that I'm, I'm halfway through. So I, I rewatched Under the Silver Lake. Oh, yeah. Um, and... I think it's now one of my favorite movies. So nice. uh, it's it's weird. It's trippy. I don't quite a hundred percent get it, but I love every second of it. And Andrew Garfield's great. And there's a lot of funny in jokes about Spider Man. And Topher and Riley, Grace is in it too. <laughs> Riley Keough as well. Great, great yeah. actor. That's a movie that I feel like a lot of people slapped the Lynchian label on, and I don't know mm. if I necessarily agree with it. I feel like it it has too much to say. Like too much definitive sure. to say from kind of a philosophical standpoint, not so much from a plot standpoint. Yeah, like that. I I think that's a, an interesting beast, and it's a lot more unique than people give it credit for, credit for. Sure. Well, it's a it's an interesting movie because one of the things that I I did before, like I watched the Red Letter Media review uh, for the movie, and that they kind of strongly recommended it as well. And they started to go into the thematic elements and what they thought the movie was trying to say. And I, I felt like that was a good springboard for me before I watched it in terms of like, 
okay, there's that. So I kind of have an idea of what the film is aiming for. But then there's so many other things that I can read into and start connecting the dots and stuff. And it's it's a real thinker. And it, but like in the best possible way. And it's still just like if you want to watch it, it's just like a weird, very quirky thing you can. But there's there's a lot to it. It's yeah. very, very dense. So, I, I yeah, I love it. Nice. Uh, on the other hand, I have started reading The Disaster Artist. Oh. Um, about halfway through it, it is Greg Sistero's account of meeting Tommy Wiseau and kind of the lead up between him uh, actually becoming an actor. And then uh, it's kind of split into two chunks. So the, uh, it kind of cuts back and forth between his rise and becoming an actor and going to L.A. and, and meeting Tommy and then the actual production of The Room. And it's all fascinating. And I had seen the James Franco film, The Disaster Artist, a couple of years ago. And I kind of hate that movie now because <laughs> it's just it it's so superficial and it just misses yeah. out on so many details. And it makes me wonder how much creative control Tommy Wiseau had over that because yeah. um, it feels very sanitized versus sure. the, the book actually feels it feels real and it feels accurate to history. I don't actually know that for a fact, but it feels like it feels that way, certainly. So, yeah, the disaster artist. I did some reading. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything in particular to recommend, except that I listened to most of a podcast about, uh, or not about, but with George R. R. Martin uh, talking about collections to, oh, I got to look up the podcast name. Um, or as George R. R. Martin might say, the podcast. Um, <laughs> what's the name of it? The stuff that dreams are made of is the podcast. There's a, it's a couple of guys that uh, talk about movie collectibles. Apparently, the only reason I, I listened to it was because George R. R. Martin was on it. Um, and George R. R. Martin is on this podcast, and he talks about uh, his giant collection of little toy soldiers that he has. Apparently, he is big into that. He's got a big old collection he talks about like the the depths of how that goes and like what collectors of these things look for um i just i want to recommend having the kind of of self-love for yourself that george r martin has uh i i respect the man for being like yeah. oh people didn't like that that season eight did they i'm just going to go and uh Continue expanding my collection of small toy soldiers, and uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, go just just like uh, do anything else except write these books because uh, <laughs> it'll make the internet too happy. Are we sure <laughs> that him starting this collection didn't happen after season eight premiered? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe it did, based on what he said. But I also was kind of like, how much has he worked on this collection since? <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, no, I twenty twenty. 2021, they're hitting everyone hard, and sometimes you just gotta collect your dang toy soldiers. <laughs> I, I genuinely love the fact that he uh, is refusing to <laughs> rush out the books to, like, capitalize on anything, yeah, try and, yeah, like, yeah. be like, well, here's the definitive... Nope. He's like, I'm gonna take another ten years to write two more pages, and <laughs> you're gonna like it, and I'm gonna do my own thing. Um, it makes me happy. I, it also did raise the uh what do i want to call it the the possibility to me that um 
George R. R. Martin is in fact the Mario to Stanley's Wario. <laughs> he talk, Stanley comes up a bit uh, on this. Come again now. And I feel like the the way that they both <laughs> approach like because George R. R. Martin talks a lot about his comic book like fandom, mm-hmm. uh, and I just I don't know. There, it was a vibe yeah. that came to me is that he's very like yeah I have these very noble ideas about like comic book characters and uh, fiction and stories and like. You know, it's just this this man who uh, effuses a general delight in things yeah. that he enjoys, where Stanley is a very, like, I feel like he has a similar vibe in the way he talks, but it's it's more, like, aggressive and, like, <laughs> pushy. <laughs> so, Stanley, um, what is your opinion of DC? Everybody cheated! <laughs> I mean! <laughs> <laughs> I love them both, but I... That that is something I just need to put out in the world. Uh, is it true? It's up for the reader to decide. Yeah. So we will accept your fan art, by the way. Yeah. Who who's the Luigi in this metaphor? Joe Quesada. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just picked a name. I don't know. It's a good question. I'll have to develop that. Maybe I'll come. Maybe this will be my recurring thing I do during the recommendations. Is just develop the. Um. There. I I know people probably hear this and immediately want to talk about the recent cast announcements for the mario movie i don't care it's fine <laughs> moving on oh um, you mean the joke that i edited in my brain <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, but yeah um if you want to hear my continued updates on the comic book sphere uh mario metaphor verse you can find us at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com you can find us on twitter at HCT sequels. you can email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com we're on spotify soundcloud uh itunes apple apple music is itunes or apple podcast is itunes um amazon music is what i meant to say uh we're, we're all we're all out there up in your ears yeah. is bob kane bowser i mean Bob Kane is the star from which all of these characters fell. <laughs> Robert Kirkman like is Lucky too. <laughs> and uh, who's that? F- who's that uh, fool who made the boys? Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis is Bullet Bill. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'm just a big bull and I'm like everyone. <laughs> Grant Morrison is Toad. I've been Britain. I've been Tyler. Toad is lovable. This all sounds good to me. I've been Alex, and you're having... I don't know, this will probably be October by the time you post this, right, Tyler? Yeah. You're having an October night! And also a happy Halloween. I thought that's where you were going with that. No, 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 Alex. Can't get good help anywhere these days. Just end it! (laughs)